Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 221. In this episode, you're going to hear from Lorna Green. This episode is like a mindset masterclass. I just absolutely loved the tactical tips that Lorna provided. So of course, we talk about mindset, the thoughts that we're thinking in our head, and what to do when you lose everything. And also, why you should be like Peter Pan and never grow up. Like I said, this episode has so many good nuggets. You're not going to want to miss it. So before we get to the episode, I want to remind you of this temporary deal that I have going on. If you are struggling with something, something mindset or weight, health, that kind of thing, or with your finances, then hop on a call with me. Really, it all comes down to mindset. It's often not about the food. It's not about what you're spending money on. It's all about what's going on in your mindset. So let's get to the bottom of that. And I'm offering a free hour-long coaching call. This can absolutely change the trajectory of your life and the remainder of 2022 because guess what? It's only July. There is still time left in 2022. So if you're interested, head on over to OrdinaryToBadass.com slash coaching. With that, let's get to the show. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm so glad you're here. Today's guest is Lorna Green. Lorna, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Marie. (laughs) So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? (laughs) that is such a great question and I'm one that often I think women find really hard to answer because I think inside us we want to say I'm completely badass but outwardly we go oh I'm just ordinary and it took me a lot of years to get to a point where I could say confidently I am totally badass (laughs) yes (laughs) I love Um, yeah so yeah, I, I, I think I am anything but ordinary. So was there a turning point for you? Like, was it one specific instance or was it several things that led you to feel like a badass? Uh, well, I think it was it, it was an evolution. I think that would be the correct word to use. Um, back in uh, around 2007, I became quite ill. Uh, nothing that anybody could put their finger on. I think I, I took a virus. That virus then went into kind of post-viral syndrome and I kind of lingered for <laughs> for a fairly, um, a, almost half a year, about six months actually. Uh, I was uh, just sleeping all of the time, uh, really demotivated. I realised now looking back, I was depressed. And as a result of that, I, I kind of lost everything, everything that we value, I think, as, as humans, or certainly everything that I valued at that time. I had three spa businesses. 
I had to file for bankruptcy. I lost the lot. I lost every penny that I had made in the last decade because obviously being bankrupt, all my money went. I lost my home, a 16 year relationship ended. Uh, I literally had the clothes I stood up in and even they were kind of falling off me because I was so ill, I was losing weight really rapidly. So I, I was in this place, this happened in my mid thirties. And in my mid thirties, I was, I was in this place where I was asking myself, is this it for me? You know, I, I, I failed. I have lost everything that I valued. Is that, is this my life? Like, where do I go from here? And I made the decision to move away from everything I knew at that time because everything I knew felt painful in that moment. Everything I knew was just desperately uh, horrendous. I didn't want to be in places where I recognized this relationship. I didn't want to be in places where I, 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 I could see my business where it used to be and it wasn't my business anymore. And so I, I kind of decided that I needed to get away from the pain. And in doing so, I moved to a tiny island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. I moved to the Maldives. And it was there where I found myself, I, the opportunity to heal, the opportunity to realize that there was so much more to the world than my little bubble that I had lived in for so long. And it was there that I realized that calling myself a failure was doing myself a great disservice. Yes, I'd lost my businesses. Yes, I'd become ill. Yes, my relationship ended. Maybe outwardly that, that could be considered failures. But I was reminded while I was out there that the only failure is to not try. I tried and I was successful for a long time and I got sick and, and it ended, but you know what? I learned from it and I grew from it. My relationship ended, yeah, because it it had run its course. It was, it was the right thing to do, to let that go and let it go with love. And it opened me up to new and different relationships. So that was the turning point, I think, for me to, to recognize that I was more than just my business. I was more than just the money that I made. I, you know, I was more than just the relationships that I was in. And it was, it was out there that I discovered, I guess, who I was in my mid thirties, kind of asking myself the question, can I put a roof over my head? Can I feed myself? Can I, can I earn money? Can I make friends? And the answer to all of those questions was, yeah, of course you can. And you can do it in style and you can do it in the most amazing ways. And it triggered a, a life that, uh, I know it wouldn't suit everyone, I totally understand that, but it triggered this very nomadic existence for the last 10 to 12 years, actually. I've pretty much been homeless for that time and loved every second of it. Uh, I've lived in parts of the world that people only dream about. Uh, I've, I spent a great deal of time in Asia, in the Middle East. Uh, I've lived in Europe, South Africa, uh, Australia, <laughs> and enjoying the experience of being around new people, different cultures, just enjoying the gifts that the world has. And I think that makes me pretty badass. <laughs> I love that. There are so many great nuggets in there that I really can't wait to dive in and pick apart. 
Um, and it was so cool that you chose to just go to the Maldives and figure it out on your own. And I'm sure that that gave you a bit of confidence after that, you know, going forward. It did. At, at the time, you know, looking back on it, yes, it was absolutely the best thing that I could have done. At the time, it was it was one of the probably one of the most terrifying things I've ever done in my life to to realize like when 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 you're in your mid 30s and you wake up one day and you realize that you've never made an adult decision on your own in your entire life because I went from living with my family to living with my partner I I, I met my 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 partner uh, at the age of 16 mm. and so you know we'd been together I was 35 when we we split up and so nothing in my life had ever been been just me on my own and that was a really terrifying place to be and to compound that by moving to a part of the world where I knew nobody, I had no support, I had no network, I had nobody around me was, you know, on the one hand, it was like, wow, is this the biggest piece of insanity? And, you know, I've done some fairly insane things in my life, but, you know, there was this question of, wow, what are you doing? But the other side of that was, isn't it great? Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows my history. Nobody knows that I've just lost my businesses and this relationship's ended. So people are just gonna get to know me for me. And I get to be me and nobody's gonna go, oh, you're different now, or you've changed since since I last saw you. And so the the terrifying part got completely outweighed by the the possibility of what lay ahead for me. Yes, so good. Otabeers, sometimes you got to do the hard thing, you got to do the terrifying thing um, to get the good result at the end. So you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. So I love that. So Lorna, can you share a little bit about yourself? Uh, about what I'm doing now or just just about me in general? <laughs> Who I am? You can share a little bit about yourself in general and then what you're doing now. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, uh, my my name is Lorna Green. Uh, you can probably hear from the accent that I uh, I was born and bred in Scotland in the UK. I started out my life uh, as a hairdresser and a spa therapist. I've always I've always been very drawn to um, modalities of work where I, I'm around other people. I've always had that connection of wanting to wanting to make people feel better in some way. You know, as a beauty therapist, it was always something that I, I greatly enjoyed seeing people come into my salon, maybe not feeling at their best, maybe not looking at their best and leaving standing up taller with their head held high because their skin feels better or they have these beautiful eyebrows or their nails look <laughs> amazing so i've always loved being being in that kind of environment and over the years i've i've kind of transitioned from more of the sort of spa and beauty side into a more holistic um experience and i became a yoga teacher around about the time i was i was going through this kind of mad transition in my mid-30s, I moved into the yoga side. And I'm now, I think, I I hope, Marie, I, I hope I am the embodiment of what it means to to live your life on your terms. 
I'm 48 years old, I'm single, I teach yoga, I take flying trapeze lessons, I go wild swimming at the weekends. My life is what I want it to be. My age is not a factor in that. And the, the freedom and choices that I have been afforded in my life uh, are, are just are, are vast. And it, it brings me so much pleasure to be able to share that message, to, to, to stand up as, a, I hope, a role model. And I say I hope because obviously people have very different perceptions. I know how I see myself, how other people see me. Well, you know what, that's their business. But I, I always hope that I am a role model for people who are maybe in a similar position because I, th there's a lot of, there's a lot of nonsense, a lot of limiting beliefs around age and especially for women that we should be doing something by a certain age. You should be married, you should have children, you should you know, look a certain way, you should behave a certain way. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I remember I, I, I was pole dancing before COVID. Uh, I've been pole dancing since I was about 40. Um, just uh, adore the, the environment, the experience, all of that. And I remember being in a pole class a few years ago well, one of the girls had, had asked me, how old are you? By Because I'd said something about my life. Oh, I've lived here and I've done this and I reeled off a bunch of stuff. And she just looked at me and she went, hang on, hang on. How old are you? <laughs> and at the time, I think I was maybe like 45 or something. So I, I, I told her. And this kid just kind of looked at me, stepped back and went, you're the same age as my mum. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> amazing and she went my mum would never do what you're doing and in that moment I thought to myself why not what's stopping her why can't she do it you know what is it about us that that we kind of we we seem to attribute age to certain things that we are allowed to do or not allowed to do and I think I think that that preconception is getting much better but there's still a lot of limiting belief around that so I want to be that role model that says you know your age is just a number forget it I was hula hooping earlier today and playing on the swings at the park you know like why not <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, I think it's so important because it's like we hold our, ourselves back from all of these things that could bring us joy or bring us more life and more energy. And it's like, we worry too much. What is that person going to think? What is that person going to think? And it's like, who cares, you know? And I, I guess it's easy to say that sometimes, but like, to, once you actually start doing it, I would imagine that it gets a little bit easier each time. Has that been true for you? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I I still have, I, I do still hold on to the the idea that that the outside world has an opinion of me, and it it does influence me at times. But what I've found as I've got older is I'm much better at recognizing when that happens. And when I recognize it, I have the tools to work through it. So instead of, you know, hiding away because somebody posted a, a, a nasty comment on social media or somebody said something um, that, that may be a little derogatory or negative, instead of letting those things influence who I am, I'm far more equipped now to step back from that situation and say, okay, is this person right? 
do I agree with what they're saying or am I happy with the direction that I'm taking? And if so, well, you know what, I'm going to continue on that path. My mum always had a great um, phrase saying that she would repeat often when my sister and I were, were children. And it was quite simply, if you're not hurting yourself and you're not hurting anyone else, go do your thing. Go <laughs> do whatever it is that you want to do. <laughs> Yeah. And I've I've held that with me for for a long time, but but I, yeah, I I was very much um, uh, influenced by external validation when I was younger, and I think that was actually one of the reasons that I I went into the spa world and worked as a beauty therapist for a long time, because I needed to hear people say. I could wax someone's legs and and a client would say Lorna that was the best leg wax I've had in in years or I would give a massage and the person would book back in and all of this external validation really fed me but where that becomes an issue is when you see 10 clients in a day for example and nine of them think you're amazing tell you that you're amazing and you have that one person halfway through your day that goes yeah, it was all right. <laughs> I would hold on to that one person. So instead of those nine people that had all told me something, something was great, I would hold on to that one person. Maybe they didn't even say it was, you know, it was bad. They just went, yeah, it was an okay massage or yeah, I've had better leg waxes. That was what, and I could hold on to that for weeks, months, even years. <laughs> and, and it would influence me. It would make me question am I good at what I do? Should I, should I be doing what I do? Maybe I should change. Maybe I'm too loud. Maybe I'm too quiet. Maybe I'm not skilled enough. All of these doubts and questions would come up in my mind. And that came from a lack of confidence when I was younger. Nobody, nobody saw that in me because I've always been very chatty. I've always been very outgoing, but that was a facade that very much hid this person who was just terrified of people not liking her terrified that someone would say you're not good enough or you're not right for that place or you're you know whatever it might be i was so influenced by the outside world and when my world collapsed um as i talked about earlier when when that happened it was the trigger that started a whole series of growth that that helped me to step out of my own way and to say, okay, th there are times when people may say things to me or I might hear things about myself and I, I actually recognize they're very valid. Fine, that's opportunity for growth. There are other times when I hear things about myself and I'm reminded of, I want to say it's Eleanor Roosevelt that said this, but I might be wrong. Um, but the, the this this famous quote is, "Other people's opinion about you are none of your business," and I think that quote is actually quite magical. What someone else thinks about you really is none of your business, and who cares anyway? If somebody's in your life to support you, that's great. If somebody's in your life to challenge you, you know what? That's great. <laughs> Yes, I love that quote. It's like it always sticks with me because it's like it's so powerful. It's so powerful. You know, it says everything that you need to know. Um, but for that person that's stuck in the middle of it right now, who is 
constantly worried about what people are thinking or when they get critical feedback, then it like sends them down a rabbit hole. What would you say to that woman? Yeah, well, first off, you're not alone. I totally hear you and I've been there. I've been that person. How did I get out of that rabbit hole? I started to take my thoughts to court. Now, I'm sure I am stealing someone else's phrase when I say that. I'm not the first person to to use that as a, a, a um as a metaphor. But I take my thoughts to court constantly. Whenever I start to think something that that feels bad in my body now let, let me um let, let me just make sense of that because there's some people listening that that might think what what do you mean by that as a yoga teacher as a, a body worker you many years of massaging people i spent a lot of time getting very tuned into my body and the messages that that it, it gives you your body is talking to you all the time whether we choose to pay attention to it or not, that's a that's another story. But your body is constantly telling you stuff. And when you have thoughts or when, when you use your words, your body reacts. And it might react in ways where you have physical sensation. You know that tightening in your tummy when maybe you say something and you realize that, oh, maybe that wasn't the right thing to say in that particular situation. Or it might be a heaviness that descends upon you, or indeed at the other end of the scale, a lightness that comes over you. All of these things are messages. So when I have a thought and I can feel my body, I feel myself curling inwards, collapsing downwards, the sensations in my body are uncomfortable. And I know this thought is taking me somewhere that I don't really want to go. I take that thought to court and I start asking myself questions. Now, this is where you have to get very objective and it takes a little bit of time when you first start out. This isn't something that you just snap your fingers. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm great with this now. You have got to keep doing it. It's like going to the gym and lifting weights. You're not going to lift the heavy weights first of all. You've got to lift the light ones first. So you've got to keep doing it. But asking yourself questions. Is this a thought or is this a fact? is a great question to ask yourself. And if it's a thought, <laughs> what evidence is there that this is even true? Uh, you know, and just, there's a number of questions that you can go through with yourself. Simply breaking down whether this thought is something that needs to be paid attention to or whether this thought is something that needs to be dismissed. And there's a really interesting thing that happens when you start to take your thoughts to court. When you start to question them, you start to break them down and you look for the evidence. Is it true? Is it not? It kind of dissipates and fades into the background and all those sensations in your body, that tightness, that ah, that feeling that you have eases. And you might notice a new thought coming up. I recognize that this person might see me in this way and perhaps in future I, I can, you know, I can make them more comfortable. In, in my case, let me give you an example of this. In my case, I am an incredibly loud individual. <laughs> I've been loud since the day I was born. I, I only have two volumes, loud and asleep. <laughs> That's all there is, right? There is nothing in between. And for a lot of people, when I walk into a room, I'm quite overwhelming. I'm, I'm a lot to take on board. And, and I get that. I get that I am not everybody's cup of tea. Who is, right? <laughs> and 
often there might be situations where someone will say to me, "Oh, Lorna, you know, you were you were a bit loud, or or you know, you, you need to you need to tone it down a little bit." And there are times when when I recognise as the thought spiral goes, oh my God, I'm so loud and nobody likes me because I'm always, and I need to stop saying stuff and I, I speak too fast and, and I should be more understanding. And all of this spiral starts to happen. I take those thoughts to court. Is it true? Is it a fact? Blah, blah, blah. And it may be that I recognize in a particular situation that my my volume, my <laughs> my vibrance, if you will, may not be appropriate and it may not be comfortable for other people and so i make a choice i can dial it down a little bit in order to make other people feel more more comfortable there are other times when i might find myself thinking i'm actually really okay with who i was in that situation i'm really comfortable with how i i behaved and how i came across and you know what i accept that that's your perception but it's not mine I like that you dissect it a little bit because it's so easy. As soon as somebody says something to you, then just you're like, ah, the shame spiral, you know, and just all the things and it triggers everything. Um, And yeah, it's really their own perceptions. They're like, they wouldn't be comfortable being that loud is the truth. It's it really has nothing to do with you. It's how they would feel, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we we have to remember that um, there's a, a real... Um, there's a common thread, I think, on social media at the moment. Um, oh, it's been it's been around for for quite a while actually. But in in the sort of wellness bubble, people are constantly talking about their truth. Well, I just speak my truth, and I find that quite well. First of all, I find that quite an arrogant thing to say. But secondly, it's it's kind of can I can I swear a little bit? <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? It's just bullshit, right? <laughs> because, you know, you know, I'm just telling you the truth, Lorna. No, you're telling me your version of the truth. And it's not necessarily mine. It's not necessarily the person next to you or anything else. You're telling me your version of it based on your life experiences and your comfort zone and your limiting beliefs and your values none of which may be anything to do with me. So whenever people say things like, hey, you know, I'm just going to tell you the truth, Marie, about your podcast. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's great. But please, you know, it's not a universal truth. It's your truth, your perception, and how you're feeling. And very much (laughs) you projecting you're, um, you know, where you're at with something. And it, it, it takes me, do you know where this takes me? Down a really random rabbit hole. But it takes <laughs> me into the, the world of woke, wokeness. I mean, I even hate that word. But the world of woke actually drives me crazy. Um, and I know this is gonna this is gonna be quite triggering for for some people, and it's maybe gonna you know set a few people off. But remember, it's your truth and not mine. <laughs> um, but the world of woke is just all about people getting super angry and going, "You, you're not right. You're saying this thing, and you shouldn't do that." And it's like, whoa, people, step back a little bit and look at your own stuff before you start telling other people what they're doing wrong and how they're not living their life in the way that they're supposed to. Like, we all need to, I think, 
create some space between ourselves and the things that trigger us, the things that make us feel uncomfortable, the things that set us off in those those spirals. And it's in having that space that we're able to become, in yoga, it's called um, becoming the observer, the observer of your thoughts. And I know there's there's other ways that, that, that people have addressed this um, in the past, but to, to become the observer allows you to do exactly what I've just done, to, to break things down, to ask yourself, you know, is what I'm about to say, is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it is it going to benefit anyone? If I, you know, if I yell at this person and say, you should be doing this differently or you should be behaving in this particular way. Let me look at myself and how I'm projecting out to the world. What am I putting out into the world? How am I moving through the world am i doing it with kindness am i doing it with care am i am i being am i being the person that i want to be do i like this person <laughs> if the answer to any of those questions is no then yeah maybe you, you need to look at it but if somebody else is telling you the answer to those questions is no yeah maybe you need to just step back and have a think about that does that make sense yes absolutely um, and it's like, maybe you need to investigate it a little bit more if somebody else is telling you, because, you know, that, that might not, what they're saying might not apply to you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you asked me, <laughs> I feel like I've given you an incredibly long answer to what was a very short question. <laughs> no, it's fine. You asked me, you asked me a, a few moments ago, you know, what, what advice would I give to someone who's maybe in a space where, you know, they, they are taking on board the criticism, the, you know, the, 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 the opinions, the, the beliefs, the values of other people. And, you know, I, th I think it, it actually comes down to working on that loving yourself. Because when you can look at yourself and say, I am actually really okay with this person that I see in the mirror. I am really okay with how, like I said, how I move through the world, how I interact, how how I am, the things that I share. I'm okay with that person. It's really hard for someone else to shake your foundation when when you're in that place. And and again, I know there are challenges around that. It's not always as easy as saying, "Well, you've just got to love yourself." Please, right? It takes time. It, it takes some effort. You've got to put some effort and energy into that. But that is the foundation of anything else that anybody is going to tell you. All these self-help gurus out there and they're going to say, I've got this five-step system and I've got this thing and I've got this, you know, PDF that you can buy for $19.99 and it's going to change your world. You know what? <laughs> the one thing that's going to change your world is when you start to put self-love as a priority. It's not a luxury. It's not something that you fit into your busy day. If you can, it's a priority. When you start doing that, ah, it's when magic happens. <laughs> yes, that's that's what to like put the bank on or put your money on is yourself, you know, and loving yourself yeah. and investing time in yourself. I think that is huge. And it's like, why don't people talk about that at a younger age, you know, or teach their kids that? God, I know, you know, <laughs> there's so many things that, I, I don't have children, as, as, as I've said, but I, I look at my friends that have kids and I, I see the things that they're being taught at school. I know the things that I was taught at school and I just find myself thinking over and over again, wouldn't it be amazing if 
schools taught us how to resolve conflict, how to love ourselves, how to, um, you know, how, how to prioritize not working every hour that God says, how to prioritize play and creativity and art and theater and all of these things that are, to me, really quite undervalued in this world because we, we place so much value on stuff and money and our value only comes by by what we we do so i worked more hours than you this week therefore i have greater value it's just such a terrible way to live <laughs> yes, yes and i was i like I'm with you. I was that person that would work all the hours and do all the things and go, 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 go. But it's like at a certain point that doesn't work for you anymore, you know? Right. Yeah. So yeah. something you mentioned earlier was talking about the observer. And yeah. I want to see if you dive into that a little bit more between like the observer observing the thoughts in your head versus like the nonstop chatter. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, oh, the chatter. <laughs> It's like it's like a radio that's just on all the time, isn't it? <laughs> um, my own self-talk is, uh, I say is because it can still go down that route. You know, I, again, I, I want to make sure that people understand that we're all on a journey, right? And I, God, I know how cliched that sounds. We're all on this journey. <laughs> but w whatever we're doing... There is never an end to it. Now, I remember hearing this uh, a long, long time ago when it was actually one of my very first yoga teacher trainings. And I remember one of my teachers saying, you are now on a journey that will only end when you die. <laughs> and I remember sitting in his class kind of going, what, wait, what? <laughs> really? And he then went on to clarify this and he said, you know, self self growth and learning and and this development that you're doing is something that never has an end because there's always something to learn. There's always somewhere to go. And when it comes to that self chatter and becoming the observer, that is something that is just ongoing because life challenges us in different ways at different times. So meditation for me was the 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 gateway into starting to get a little bit of control over the the oh the negative endless negative like beating that i used to give myself and meditation was really easy where where i learned to meditate was quite literally i mean it couldn't be any more cliche quite literally up the side of a mountain in the middle of nowhere and it, it's pretty easy to get quiet and to get still when you're up the side of a mountain and everybody's doing the same thing and you're in that environment where everybody is is learning and, and growing in the same way. And what I realized was when I came back into, uh, I think what you would call the real world, and the real world is not silent and it is not full of people who are doing the same thing. It's not full of people who are even close to the wavelength that you are now on. 
and there's all kinds of stuff going on it might be work stress family stress it could be the the guy in the supermarket who cut in front of you at the queue or you know driving stuff there the real world just bombards us on a daily basis with ways in which we can beat ourselves up <laughs> and that self-talk begins and and snowballs and and, and it grows and what I realized was that the meditation that I had learned up the side of that mountain didn't always fit into my life and it didn't always work in the life that I was living, um, especially when I was traveling. You know, I, I, I traveled so intensely for a, a number of years. And so travel stress, being on an airplane where, you know, there's some guy sitting in the middle seat with his elbows at you know, 90 degrees and your your flight's late you you're in a new city the the, the the stresses and and as i say the opportunity for sort of self self berating was was just numerous and so there was development how how do i manage this and and that that's what then sort of taught me to start to observe situations instead of reacting to things i learned how to respond took a long time and I'm still not I'm still not great at it Marie if I'm being really honest you know I still react to stuff and and interestingly when I do <laughs> I do find myself going whoa where did that come from because I thought I was past that but going back to the words of my beautiful teacher all those years ago you're never past it <laughs> it's it's a journey like an onion you're just peeling back the layers peeling back the layers and and there's there's things that you think you've dealt with and then something will trigger you and whoosh it comes up again but the difference is having the tools to say all right where did that come from and how can i how can i maybe prevent it from happening again or how can i take the edge off it from happening again maybe you can't prevent it maybe it's going to be something that comes up over and over I don't know, but it's about having that maturity and not going back into the, to the self chatter, but coming back to your breath, doing something that breaks the cycle of chatter. These are the two things that I find in the real world work best for me. So it might be something as simple as doing some physical movement. If I'm sitting working at the computer and something's happening, I can feel myself getting, you know, angry, stressed, whatever. Just getting up and, um, you know, like doing 10 jumping jacks, boom, boom, boom. And my brain's kind of going, why are we doing jumping jacks when we're having an argument with that person via email? You've broken the pattern you can come back to it objectively. Do, does that make sense? Anything at all. I, in um, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, um, there, there's, a, there's a, a phrase that, that's often used, can you smell fish? When, when you want someone to break a pattern, you ask them a really random question uh, that, that makes them go, wait, what? <laughs> but but we were talking about my relationship with my father when I was five and you've just asked me if I could smell fish. This is how you, you break the cycle because your thoughts are only as powerful as the attention you give them. The moment you take attention away from them, they're like ghosts. They they disappear. You know, you know that old um uh that 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 idea that you can only ever see a ghost out the corner of your eye because the moment you turn <laughs> and look at it, it's gone, right? Right. It's the same with your thoughts, only in reverse. The more attention you give to your thoughts, the more powerful they become. The second you take your attention away from them, they just like mist. They dissolve. 
and you're then in a more resourceful state to manage whatever situation you're in or whatever thought you're having and you can take that objective view taking your thoughts to court asking the questions doing all of the things that i talked about earlier but all it takes is anything that interrupts your pattern so good this is really like a mindset masterclass. I love it. <laughs> oh, to beers. Can you smell fish? Remember that. Just distract yourself for a little bit. Yep. That's it. Just randomly ask anyone who's, who's having a, if, you know, if you've got kids that are having a tantrum or, you know, like losing their mind at some point, ask them some really random question and see how they respond. Yes. <laughs> So, Lorna, I know we're winding down here, um, but one question I got to ask you is, um, do you have any advice for the woman that's in the arena living? I just totally jacked that up. <laughs> for the woman that's in the arena trying to live the life that she wants. Yeah. Um, oh, God. It's like, I, I, again, I, I can't make it. It, it sounds impossibly simple but it, it, I've got to go all Nike on this one and say just do it <laughs> and I know I know there's going to be people listening saying well it's all right for you oh it's easy for for you to say that it's not easy for me to say that for goodness sake did you listen to my story at the beginning I literally lost everything in my life and I still just did it it's not when something is simple it's not necessarily easy, okay? The, the, the two things are not the same, but the simplest route to, to, to anything you want is to just do it. Now, that doesn't mean jacking in your job and you know going rogue and, and, and trying to do your own thing or whatever. There's steps, there's steps that you can take to temper the, the shock of whatever it is you're gonna change. But I think the, the first thing that, that anybody needs to do and we're not always very good at that and actually this comes down to a little bit of meditation and breath work really helps with this you've got to know what it is you want before you can go out and get it and so often we think we know what we want but in reality we don't our mind is firing off in all different directions and we say maybe we say i don't want to work a nine to five anymore um, and maybe we say, I, um, I, I, I don't want to um, be in this relationship, or maybe we say, um, whatever. But somewhere in the back of our mind, we kind of do still want to be in that relationship, and we kind of do still want to be in that job. And as a result, we're not clear on the path that we want to go on. If we're not clear on that path, then we're never gonna get there. So you can change your job and you can find a new relationship, but actually you're probably just gonna find the same stuff again and again. Uh, and so it, I think that the foundation for any change that you want to make is taking the time to get super, super clear on where do I want to be? If, if here is not where I want to be, where do I want to be? And actually that, that might lead you to recognize that here kind of is where you want to be. Maybe it needs some tweaking, maybe it needs a little bit of changing, but here is actually where I want to be. So good. Lorna, how can we connect with you? 
You can you can connect with me in all kinds of ways. So uh, you can go to lornagreenyoga.life uh, is my website. I am all over social media, Lorna Green Yoga uh, on Facebook and Instagram. I've just started the world of uh, Tiki Toki <laughs> because it just seemed like a lot of fun and I thought, why not? So if you do want to connect me, uh, connect with me over on TikTok, it's Scottish Yoga Life. Uh, and you know, yeah, just reach out if you've got questions, if, if there's something that I can help you with, then just uh, shoot me a DM on social media. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Lorna, you can total, tell. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you for Amazing. coming on. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.